If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream it, download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates, the number one Batman podcast for people between the ages of 55 and 70. My name is Becca, and I'm something of an actor myself. My name is Josh, and uh, while I was waiting for Batman Adventures number 12 to arrive in the mail, which I'm sure that you've already sent to me, uh, I also was looking through my collection. I'm missing uh, issues 22, 28, 32, uh, the comic adaptation of Mask of the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, that reminds me. We need to issue a brief correction. Uh, a couple weeks back, I said that the Batman Catwoman number one issue that's expected in December will be Andrea Beaumont's first comic debut. But as Josh just said, there is a Mask of the Phantasm adaptation that came out in the 90s. So this is, in fact, her uh, debut into the mainline main DC universe, uh, not a cruddy offshoot based on a children's TV show. Uh, I believe there was also a Batman and Robin Adventures uh, holiday special or something which featured her. It was a direct sequel to the Mask of the Phantasm movie. Hmm. Apparently it's not good enough to be in the mainline. (laughs) (laughs) No, the Batman Adventures never were. No. Uh, Well, today we're looking at a really interesting villain named Clayface. Uh, We're looking at one iteration of uh, a villain who has actually been the mantle taken up by many people. So many so that they formed, like, a squad later down the line, (laughs) which we'll learn a little bit about. Uh, So we'll be focusing on a couple different clay faces, but the main one is Matt Hagen, who is a clay face who appeared in the Silver Age in Detective Comics 298, if you want to follow along with that. We're going to talk a little bit about the different clay faces after we talk about the comic. But first, Josh has a little bit of news. Yes, so uh, the news was that last week, as of the posting of this episode, DC announced their Future State Initiative, which is a two-month-long event where the mainline comics will halt and there will only be these Future State comics. Mm. Um, It has uh, Justice League, Superman, and Batman lines. Uh, They each have, um, like, Batman has Harley Quinn and Nightwing, and and they're going to be either weekly or monthly issues. Um, But the the Batman line is called The Next Batman, which takes place in a cyberpunk future where heroes are outlawed and Batman was killed. Oh, no. It's like a gritty, gritty gritty-er Watchmen. Uh, It's like, well, I mean, the fact that it takes place in a futuristic city, like a futuristic Gotham uh, really makes me think it's like, why don't they just use Batman Beyond? Because <laughs> that's basically right? what it is. Is it because that's not like popular enough among... I don't know. I don't know what it is. Or maybe... It's for kids. It's like it's too kids, futuristic. Yeah. What, from what I read and what I saw of this like next Batman comic, mm-hmm. uh, it looks more like a Watch Dogs-esque kind of thing, like the video game Watch Dogs, mm-hmm. where it's a city that's run by, like, a company and has surveillance everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the next Batman, also, we don't, I don't think we know yet who's going to take up the mantle, but it is assumed, or it is, it is postulated that it might be one of Lucius Fox's sons. Ooh, interesting. Um. It couldn't be, like, Dick or Tim or Jason no, <laughs> I guess not. Or even Damien. I told you they're going to have their own Nightwing uh, comic. Also, they're going to have their own Harley Quinn comic, which is going to maybe feature Punchline, which is a new character that got introduced to the comics, which is like a Joker fangirl, hmm. um, but has nothing to do with like the previous Harley Quinn. Does Harley she have Quinzel. a Tumblr? I I don't know. I know so that she got she, radicalized. Well, she does meet Joker on the internet. It's and, on Tumblr, and he sends her like um, a formula for his Joker gas, like a modified formula for his Joker gas. She's posting those gifts that's like he was crazy, but she was crazier. She was his <laughs> queen, and he was like, "Yes, Re- reblog." <laughs> yep. Wow. Uh, let's see. There, there, so I said there's a there's Batman, Superman, and Justice League. Superman leaves Earth 
leaving his son and a new Wonder Woman. So the Superman in this like initiative is actually going to be John Kent, oh. Superman's son. And Wonder Woman is another woman. I didn't write her name down here, uh, but it's not Diana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justice League. All I have written here is Justice League title too complicated to explain. I read the paragraph that explained what's happening, and I was completely lost because mm-hmm. I haven't been following along with uh, the all this stuff that's been going on in the comics. So, so supposedly, the Dark Knight's death metal, which is the series that's like running now, is gonna set this up. But I don't know what's going on in that. I know mm-hmm. it has something to do with that guy who sits in the chair. Okay. And that, like, he has Dr. Manhattan's powers now or something. We should. And Wally West took his chair. We should redo our intro and have it say, Hello and welcome to Batmates, the most uninformed Batman podcast you've ever listened to. It's <laughs> probably we, true. We've got our niche. And we've, we well, we're here to talk about Silver Age comics. We're not yeah. here to talk about what's happening in the comics right now. If I did want to read that, though, um, there is a comic that I would want to read beforehand. I, I saw a video earlier this week that was talking all about the different Robins. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's apparently a series that's pretty recent uh, that has... Damian Wayne and Jonathan Kent like teaming up to fight crime together. Mm-hmm. Oh, that um, sounds cool. Yeah, maybe we should read that in in preparation for Jonathan Kent being like the new Superman. Mm. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the thing I read said that Superman goes off world, and that's the reason why he's like not around anymore. He, maybe he gets banished. I think. Okay. Uh, like like we said, we're the, the one least <laughs> the least informed DC comics. He's in one of those zones, whatever. Um. So this initiative replaces DC's 5G, which was announced uh, last year but got canceled due to COVID and the That's massive... That's ironic. What? 5G got canceled by COVID. <laughs> Because of the conspiracy theories, I see. Yeah. Uh, but also because of the massive layoffs that happened back mm. in August, in late August. Aww. So the guy who was in charge of that initiative, Dan DiDio, uh, who's the publisher, uh, he got fired. And so they reworked everything. So they're just doing this future state thing and they're not going to do what they had planned. Um the assumption was that 5G was going to be sort of like Marvel's um, line where they had the heroes age out and new people take up the mantle, mm-hmm. which is still sort of what this initiative seems like. Yeah. But the characters like aren't gone in this. Maybe we will get Damien as Batman. Oh, it's possible. Yeah. Isn't he cute. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> like a like, 12 year old. He's probably not 12 in the comics anymore. 12-year-old Damien in, like, a little, a little bat suit. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. He's a little bat. <laughs> uh, the only other big thing that I, I drew on this is uh, the Future State comics will be returnable uh, by retailers, encouraging them to stock. Mm. So what that means is that if a comic book shop buys them, they can buy, in theory, as many as they want or as many as, uh, like, more than they think they will actually sell. And they will be able to return them to DC Comics if they don't sell them. Like in Newsies. <laughs> I am not familiar. Uh, so Newsies is about the Paperboy strike of 19... Um, <laughs> where it's in the 20s, isn't it? It's turn of the century, something. Okay. Uh, floppy hats were all the rage. Uh, where one of the one of the rights that they won in their strike was the ability to sell back the papers that they didn't end up selling because mm. they buy them from you know the well this this isn't a thing that DC usually does mm-hmm. and it's it's not something that Marvel's too hot on either although some of the other comic publishers do this um, this is DC will do this when they have big events like this so they did it for New Fifty Two I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think anything else that uh, has to go with this. Nothing that I can think. Nothing come to mind. Any more questions from you? No, it seems exciting. Um, I love when comics change. It always gives you an opportunity to kind of like jump in fresh because it's a whole new thing. Uh, I'd read a little bit, not very much, about like what the Batman comics had been doing in the last like year or so. With like Joker War and everything? Yeah, it seems like it just got really confusing and complicated and intimidating so i'm not sure i'm gonna read those but i could hop on this new one i definitely want to read batman catwoman Mm -hmm. when is this starting uh january okay so it'll run january and february and then the mainline stuff will start back up in march okay interesting Mm -hmm. maybe we should do it 
Maybe that'll be your New Year's resolution. Read more comics. Yeah, that's a good New Year's resolution. Yeah, I love it. Already setting myself up to be disappointed here in <laughs> October. Uh, awesome. Any more news? No, that's the only news that I have this week. Okay, cool. Uh, well, like I said earlier, we're going to do the Rogue Roundup after the comic, just because there is a lot of different clay faces I wanted to talk about, and I think it'll make more sense once we kind of dig a little bit deeper into Matt Hagen, uh, who is this comic's uh, clay face. He's actually Clayface, the third Clayface, mm. if you want to keep track of it that way. Okay. Um, so this comic, again, is Detective Comics 298. It was released in December of 1961. The executive editor was Jack Schiff. The cover artists are Sheldon Moldoff and Irish Schnapp. The writer was Batman co-creator Bill Finger. The penciler was Sheldon Moldoff. The inker was Charles Paris. And the other editors were Murray Boltonoff and George Cashdan for this specific comic. The uh, the the Clayface story that we're going to be talking about was also reprinted in Batman Two Thirteen, uh, Batman in the Sixties, uh, and Eighty Years of Batman Deluxe Edition. Which somebody got you as a birthday present. Yay! Joshua just turned twenty six, and I went to Barnes and Noble <laughs> and got him some books. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so this one's pretty easy to get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been reprinted a number of times. Yes. Uh, so I love the cover. Clayface looks like melted candle wax. <laughs> so I'm already, I'm already set up for success. I'm loving it. I don't it. think that this scene that's on the cover actually happens in the book. No. It's like nighttime, and they're at an estate, and he's tackling Clayface. Mm-hmm. Even the one where he, the other alternative cover where he looks like a bird. He still looks like more melted candle wax than than bird. Yeah. He does in the comic. Um, So we start with, everyone knows, my favorite setup, uh, a large sum of money left in an easily stealable place. Uh, (laughs) Batman and Robin are at the estate of a noted philanthropist, another noted philanthropist in Gotham. Do they even give him a name? No, he's just a philanthropist. A noted philanthropist. They couldn't be bothered to give him a name, but they do give like... Some guy who works with Clayface, just like a, cr- a common criminal, a name later in the comic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a, a fan who wrote in, and they were like, oh, we'll put you in the comic. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so this noted philanthropist gives them a large sum of money, just out there in the open, with no one around but a photographer. His contribution it. to the police benefit fund. Yes. It's not just, like, for them to have. No, no, no. It's not just a random donation to Batman and Robin. No, but but that raises the question to me, is, like, Batman is accepting this on behalf of the police? Yeah. He's not part of the police. He was, they were pretty much friends in (laughs) the 60s. I would argue that very often, not very often, is Batman actually on a the different, a different side than GCPD, especially with how close he always has been to Gordon. Yeah, it's well, it's rare. like in year one stories and and like year two stories, the police are still there's there's a lot of corruption within the police, and mm-hmm. I think even moving a little further, he really only works with Gordon because yeah. like after Gordon becomes commissioner, Gordon's the only one who knows how to get up to the roof. <laughs> He's the only one with the key of the GCPD headquarters. He's the only one with the key to the roof. Yeah, him and the janitor. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's the only one who can actually call Batman. I mean, mm. I know like Bullock is usually like, ah, oh, Batman, but that's because like Batman gets all the credit and Bullock's not good at his job. <laughs> um, I don't know. Does, does Montoya ever talk about how she feels about Batman? I mean, she kind of joins the Bat family later as the question, right? Oh, does she? I think so. Oh, I don't know. We'll look it up later. I'm pretty sure she does. Maybe it's not the Bat family. No, Montoya, she... I know Montoya has like a relationship with uh, Batwoman. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know that she became the question. You're yeah. filling in the gaps that I have. Maybe. We'll, we'll correct that later if it's wrong. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Clayface is there hiding in the bushes. And honestly, I really got to give him some credit. He saw that the dynamic duo were like there where all this money was and he still went for it. He's like, I'm still going to pull off this caper. And we later find out this is his first day of being Clayface. This is a very recent development for him. 
Um, so he's wearing this like hat, trench coat combination thing. He kind of looks like the Invisible Man. And he, he looks like Carmen San Diego because it's a red <laughs> hat and trench coat. Yeah, where in the world is Clayface? <laughs> uh, but he steps out of the shadows, gets rid of his disguise. Thankfully, he's wearing undies. I loved that in the panel. You yeah. can see he's wearing bright blue underwear. <laughs> um, That's true. I, which which immediately uh, disappear. As soon as he changes form mm-hmm. in and the then next panel. They reappear later, thankfully. Okay. Uh, I said he kind of looks like the thing, but like melted. Oh, oh. From um, the comics, not the alien movie. So uh, I did want to say before we, because we're, we're moving on like Clayface stealing this money. Yeah. Uh, I was going to talk about the money. Sure. So uh, I think that my suggestion in the Kite Man episode would have worked in this as well. Just use a check. Mm-hmm. Don't have a briefcase full of money. Mm-hmm. Write a check. Write a check. Honestly. That's, <laughs> we're just going to skip right to the end of the moral of the story. Write a check. Write a check. Yeah. That's really the, yeah, that's really the moral of the story. Also, uh, come over here. Into my corner, it's Josh's Fact Corner. Yay. We're gonna have we're gonna have multiple little Josh's Fact Corners throughout this episode. It'll be a room's worth of Josh's Fact Corners. <laughs> Great. Um, we have. Uh, I, I looked up. So, so the philanthropist is giving Batman and Robin a hundred thousand dollars for the police benefit fund in today's twenty twenty money from mm. nineteen sixty one to twenty twenty. Uh, that is eight hundred and seventy, roughly eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Wow! So it's almost a million dollars. Wow! In today's money, how many tanks could that buy? I don't know. Why would you buy tanks with it? Because it's going to the police commission. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. How many bulletproof vests? Crown Vicks. Well, they don't use Crown Vicks anymore. Mm. They use uh, Dodge Chargers, I think. <clears throat> How many sensitivity training sessions? <laughs> How many think before you shoot sessions? Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh,. Yeah, so that's what I had to say about that. And that's the end of Josh's Fact Corner. That's the end of this mini Josh's Fact Corner. Bum, bum. Uh, so, yeah, he looks like the thing. And then he turns into a snake. And I loved what it said at the top of the panel, which was, uh, quote, Batman feels his form growing harder and harder. And that's not the end of the jokes. <laughs> it says gradually. Gradually, Batman yeah. feels the form growing harder and harder. <laughs> I thought it was weird. So he turns, goes from a snake, and then he turns into a buzz saw. Well, that's in order to in order to cut the bat rope. Cut the bat rope. Come over here into my corner. It's Josh's it's fat, fat corner. corner. Uh, so I looked up the bat rope because this has come up in multiple podcasts now. Mm-hmm. Of, of like, what is? Why do they keep calling a bat rope and not just a regular rope? So I looked it up. It has its own like Wikipedia page on bat on the Batman wiki. Ooh. Um, the bat rope has its own wiki page. It is concealed in the utility belt. Mm-hmm. It is a monofilament and is used to scale buildings via batarang. Hmm. So back in the '60s, before the the 1989 movie with the grappling gun, it was common for Batman to tie the bat rope around a batarang, throw the batarang at the top of the building, wow. and then use it as a rope to scale the building. Wow. Like they do in the television show. Apparently he did that in the comics as well. Hmm. And the bat rope was also used as a lasso to like swing between buildings. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. So it must be super strong. Yeah. It's I mean, suppo- it's supposed to be super strong. I believe the the page says like only exotic weapons can cut it. But here we have a man made out of clay turning into a buzzsaw to cut it. So. Yeah. You know. <laughs> a giant human sized buzzsaw. We'll see later that perhaps his powers are not of this earth. <laughs> So he turns into a buzzsaw and then cuts the bat rope and then immediately turns into a giant bird, yeah. um, which I think Penguin is going to call gimmick infringement on that. <laughs> it's an eagle. It's an eagle. He's forming wings, talons. He's changed into a huge eagle. And then he, he picks up the satchel of money and flies away with it. Mm-hmm. Come over here. Into my corner. It's Josh's, Josh's fact, fact corner. corner. Uh, so clay is way too heavy to fly. <laughs> Well, clay pigeons. So, <laughs> I did the math here. I really, I really pulled out all the stops. Yeah. I got the, I got the, uh, I got the, the calculator up. This and is why the prep for this episode took took you four hours. 
<laughs> exactly. Okay. So an eagle, uh, 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 the largest eagles weigh 15 pounds. Okay. Uh, by the way, those are females. Females are the larger versions of eagles. Mmm, go power. Um, <clears throat> they, uh, I, I did the conversion for how much a we- eagle weighs per volume mm-hmm. and how much clay weighs per volume. Oh my God, I'm asleep. <laughs> so if... If he's an if Clayface turns into a normal sized eagle, mm-hmm. uh, he's gonna weigh like thirty two pounds, mm-hmm. which in my mind I laughed at because my conversion was it would be if we put our, our two cats together, the weight of our two cats together, and then gave them wings and <laughs> they tried to fly away. That would be beautiful. We have one fat twenty pound, roughly twenty pound cat, and another like twelve pound cat. Yeah, they're great. They're great boys. But wait, here's my thing though: is he, he's not an eagle. He's not a clay eagle. He's just an eagle because he the clay gives him the ability to shape shift. Because like clay couldn't cut the bat rope, he had to turn into like a special buzz saw. He changes himself on a molecular level. I think. I hope. Why does he call himself Clayface then? It seems like it's all out of clay. Because clay can be molded and it's malleable. But he's not molding into something less dense is my is my argument here. Okay. The science doesn't add up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, also I did I did the calculations for if he was a man-sized lump of clay that turned into a bird, and he would weigh 290 pounds, so roughly 300 pounds of a, of a giant man-sized bird. But, like, planes can fly. Yeah, planes have different aerodynamics going on. They don't flap wings or anything. They also go a lot faster than birds. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that all? Is that all you had for Josh's fact corner? That's the end of this other mini Josh's fact corner. Good, thank you. Uh, so he flies back to his crappy apartment, mm-hmm. um, and we slowly see him turn back into which is an attic. Yeah, it's like a tenement building. Um, we slowly see him turn back into a man. It's weird though, since he's a shapeshifter, but you do see that he has to turn into clay first, and then he can turn back into his regular like white guy self. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird, because I feel like the clay is, like, his true form. So maybe that's why he has to, like, pass through it. Um, no, his true form is just his man, like, the way he looks as a man. Yeah. Because we'll see later, uh, as he loses his power. So don't spoil the episode. We'll, we'll get to it later. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's just weird that he has to pass through the clay first. Got it. So he introduces himself. His name is Matt Hagen. Um, and I described him as a man beyond the rat race who spends his days searching for sunken treasure. <laughs> uh, I'll let Josh say this line because it was his favorite. Uh, so the, the, the panel that shows how he got, they, they like start telling you how he got his powers and, uh, he, it goes, Matt Hagen went skin diving in search of hidden wealth and he has this thought bubble above his head. He says, only chumps work at jobs. True. <laughs> Honestly, true. If you're out there and you got a job, you're a chump. Which means up. that like 90% of the population, of the adult population are chumps. Yeah, we are. You're right. He's right. <laughs> uh, he's diving because he thinks he's going to find a ship full of treasure? Yeah, he's watched way too many pirate movies. <laughs> I like him. Uh, so he doesn't find sunken treasure. No. What he does find is a grotto that has a protoplasm pool. Um, Come over here, into my corner, it's Josh's Fact Fact Corner. corner. (laughs) So protoplasm (laughs) is what they call this pool. Uh Uh-huh. That didn't seem right to me. I was like, I feel like that is a name for something else. Mm -hmm. Protoplasm is the living part of a cell that's surrounded by the membrane. Uh, it's, it's like what cells have inside of them. It's the living parts of a cell. Like mitochondria? Like the, yeah, it Mm. it includes that. It's the gooey part. (laughs) Thanks, seventh grade teachers. (laughs) Uh, so this can't be protoplasm because this isn't a cell. Oh. Although, 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 (laughs) I did read that, uh, it was used to describe the primordial soup that, like, evolutionary theory that life formed in volcanoes in, like, the waters of the earth. They also called that protoplasm, so maybe that's what it means. But it still has something to do with life. And as far as, as I can see, there isn't actually life in this. Mm -hmm. It's just a magic pool. I have a theory. What? Okay, so this pool doesn't give Clayface his powers. 
Clayface just falls into an already living organism that can like change shape mm-hmm. and it just sort of like latches onto him like a parasite and like maybe it can read his thoughts and just enjoys like making him happy. So the reason that he'll lose his powers, as we'll see later, is because it just sort of like evaporates off of him and he needs to go back and like dip himself into more of this living creature goo. <laughs> That's a theory. Unconfirmed. Uh, That's the end of this mini Josh's fact corner. With Josh. Uh, so yeah, he finds the protoplasm and of course he slips into it like a dingus because this is a comic <laughs> book. And he emerges looking like a squishy Ben Grimm. We don't even get to we don't even get to see him slip and fall in the comic. It's like the first panel is he finds it, and then the second panel is like he's like he's o- in it over his head. Yep, it was it was a really really slippery rock. Uh, but so, yeah, he looks like the thing from the Fantastic Four. He does exactly. He's even wearing shorts. Yeah, his little diving shorts. Uh, so he feels pretty sad, even though he can't see himself, I guess he just sort of like looks at his arms and is like, oh, I guess that's covering my whole body. That's gross. Mm -hmm. Um, and his first thought is that he wishes to be back to normal and he is. And then his second thought is to become a centaur. No, 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 no. There's a couple things he passes through first. Exactly. But we're not shown that. Okay. So it seems like his second thought was to become a centaur. So he, yeah, it's, he's like, I wish I was myself. And then he like thinks about it really hard. And then he becomes himself again. He becomes like the normal version of himself. But then it says on this panel, one test followed another till finally... And then it shows him as a centaur. So I want to know, what were the in-between ones? Mm. What did he do? Did he turn into a lady? Ooh, exciting. <laughs> Is that what you would have done? I don't know, maybe. Okay, okay. You get turned into this clay creature and you're like, oh, yes. I can change shape at a thought. Uh-huh. Of course, first you change back to yourself to like see if that works. Uh-huh. What's your What's your second one? What's Go. my second one? Yeah. Ooh. Snap decision. Gotta T- do it. Uh, T-Rex. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Yeah. Scary. Big scary. Hmm. Part of me thinks, honestly, the first thing that came to mind was the thing I'm like most afraid of, which is like giant spider. <laughs> Just because then I'm too powerful. You become what you fear the most. Yeah. You become Batman. Can I Can I tell you, um, I had a, an irrational fear when I was younger and I learned about reincarnation. I, I worried... <laughs> <laughs> that I would become reincarnated as a spider and then I'd be like, just like crawling around one day and catch a glimpse of myself in a mirror and be too scared. <laughs> I have a complicated relationship with spiders. That's hilarious. Thank you. Oh I also, in preparation for the one time I went to Costa Rica, I got really nervous because I learned that like tarantulas live in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if I see one and I just like, lose all sense of self-preservation and like run out into the street in front of a car. (laughs) Thankfully that didn't happen. I didn't see any tarantulas even when I did go into the jungle to zip line. So if you have uh, pictures of big scary spiders, no, send them no, to no, batmatespodcast at gmail.com. I won't open them. I won't open them. I'm closing, I'm closing the account. Please don't email us pictures of big scary spiders. Batmatespodcast at gmail.com. <sighs> yeah. Okay. You can email batmatespodcast batmatespodcast at gmail.com but if you do send us pictures of scary spiders you are banned from listening to the podcast I'll make sure of it I'll call your mom and then I'll call my dad and he'll go beat up your dad by the way this episode was sponsored by my dad he said that if I don't say that every episode he's gonna make me pay for this microphone I paid for this microphone well okay so he paid it for it in a roundabout way I okay. owed him money for my phone bill, and he he didn't, forgave your debts. He forgave is what he forgave my debts, allowing you to buy this microphone. Wonderful. Yes, thank you for forgiving my debts, Father. We appreciate you, and we love this microphone. Anyway. Okay, so I he digress. turns into a centaur. So you would okay, you would turn into a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I would turn into a giant spider. Mm-hmm. We're wrecking this city. There we go. So he can duplicate powers. He can do anything he wants. He can take anything he wants. Ha ha ha! He says. Yes. Uh, so he says the the pit maybe floated here from outer space. I don't know how he thinks that works, but I thought it was an interesting thought. It drifted here from outer space. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Maybe he. Maybe he thinks it's like a pocket dimension or something? Maybe. I bet it just came up from like the center of the earth. 
Maybe. We, we don't find if, out. If it actually is protoplasm. I hope so. Uh, so back in the present, uh, Clayface decides to just live like the rich, uh, because now he is rich, but he still wants to steal, which is also like rich people. Uh, yeah, he says, uh, I'll collect art like they do, but I won't pay for it. No, he won't. <laughs> this next panel is my favorite. Um... And maybe we will even read it out loud. Okay. Um, so at the Gotham Gazette, mm-hmm. we see a glimpse of what I think is a regular meeting between Sheldon Maldoff and Bill Finger. <laughs> <laughs> you got a photographer? So the photographer was in the first panel taking pictures of the handoff between Batman and the philanthropist. Or mm-hmm. the philanthropist and Batman. Yeah. Uh, and so he was there to witness the fight. And he says, I've got a shot of a clay-faced character, too. And then the the <laughs> editor then says... The editor, who is Bill Finger, <laughs> says, Great, now let's see. What are we going to call him in our headlines? I know. Clayface. <laughs> Brilliance. Mwah. Chef's kiss. I mean, just it's simplicity, right? It's on the tin. Yeah. As with all these villains. <laughs> it's right on the it tin. It is right on the tin. Um, uh, I was also going to say that um, this Clayface... So, so Clayface, in this comic is hyphenated Mm -hmm. and other versions of Clayface uh I believe in the animated series is not hyphenated okay which is just some slight difference that this Silver Age comic has to like other versions of the character okay weird uh so back at the Batcave Batman seems to think that animals don't want to be wealthy (laughs) which (laughs) gives me another excuse to reference would a creature steal money yeah, he says that that Clayface has to be a man because it couldn't be a creature because creatures don't want to be rich, uh, which gives me another excuse to quote over the garden wall and say he's never met Fred the horse. Oh, that's true. Who wants to steal? I want to steal. I want to steal. <laughs> if you haven't watched over the garden wall, uh, you should because especially this time of year, it's it's uh, it takes place in a in a sort of generic fall time uh covering like a halloween slash thanksgiving kind of feeling yeah it's really neat it's It's, about children that are lost in this place called the unknown which is this isn't an over the garden wall podcast (laughs) fantastical and uh incredibly like deep and dark when you get down to it yeah it's beautiful it's on cartoon network it's perfect for children and you should watch it with your whole family we love you cartoon network uh this podcast when when did they gonna cut the check this podcast is not sponsored by Cartoon Network. Oh, dang. Um, but maybe someday it will be. Hopefully. <laughs> Call us. Email batmatespodcast at gmail.com. We'll do another podcast. We'll do a podcast for uh, Batman Brave and the Bold. Was that Cartoon Network? I don't know. Oh, Was it? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> uh, so in the next panel, there's a lion loose at an art museum. <laughs> it really sucks when you're trying to view your favorite Matisse and you get your arm ripped off. Uh, but really, it's Clayface. It's Clayface. Yeah. I thought it was weird that the dynamic duo just like happened to be nearby. Maybe yeah, it just it says that they just like hear the people screaming and running out of the museum. Yeah, which again like points to the fact that Batman and Robin are just wandering around during the day. Yep, they're doing their patrols like in broad daylight. Unless they're playing Scrabble at home. <laughs> they're doing one of those. That's dinner time is when they play Scrabble. Yeah, I mean we are shown that they have like. Police scanners in the Batmobile, I would assume. But it doesn't say that they heard on the police scanner that there was a robbery in progress. They it's, just happened to hear screaming. It says they hear the shouts of fleeing art patrons. I like how they win this fight by uh, pushing. <laughs> they push Clayface into a closet. Yep. Uh, and then I said, Clayface, Alex Max his way out of the keyhole. Do you remember Alex Mack? No. I thought it would be funnier if I didn't look up anything about it and just went off what I remember. Oh, great. There's an old show from Nickelodeon where a girl had a power to turn into what looked like a puddle of like, like, like silver mercury. Oh. And she could like slip around and become a puddle and then turn back to a girl. Okay. Uh, that's it. That was the show. That's all I remember. Do you remember Flat Stanley? Yeah. Okay. What about him? This also reminds me of Flat Stanley. Which part? Because he can, well, he's, so they lock him in this room and then he slips through the keyhole. Yeah. Just the fact that, like, he can slip through tiny spaces reminded me of Flat Stanley. Flat Stanley is, like, 2D. And he can just, like, you know, slip through, like, slots. Alex Mack could become liquid. Okay. Which is kind of like Clayface. Yeah. Squeezing himself through a keyhole. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, uh, let us know what you think. Is <laughs> it's more like? Um, however, so they're having this fight, but Clayface realizes he is losing his power. He's not able to transform with a thought like he could before. So he changes tactics by throwing an ugly statue of Batman. Yes, modern art, good for throwing at people. Yes, very, and that, that's about it. Very pointy. <laughs> very a lot of shapes. It uh, looks like it's a, a just to describe it to the listeners. It's a ball that's being cradled in. Like a flower type thing? It like kind what of kind of like flower is that? It's like a globe, I would say. It's like a globe on a stand. Maybe, yeah. But the stand looks like, uh, or maybe like a curled up leaf. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't really look like anything. Except... It's really just like a study of like motion and contrast, honestly. Wow. Yeah. Just like, you know, like shapes. You know, in the 60s, the... <laughs> What? Come over here into my corner. It's Josh's fact corner. On the fly? Yes. Ooh. Uh, in the 60s, the United States government sponsored artists, uh, expressionist artists, in order to help them win the culture war of the Cold War. Ooh. Because they believed that the sort of like the, the art that was about nothing, you know, quote unquote, about nothing, mm-hmm. showed that Western artists had freedom of expression to a point that the communist artists wouldn't be able to have. Ooh, that's hardcore. Yeah. Amazing. Is that the end of this Josh's that's, Fact Corner? That's the end of this mini Josh's Fact Corner. Ooh, a mini improvised Josh's Fact Corner. I love it. Uh, okay, so he throws a statue at them, and then he outsmarts them. Uh, Batman and Robin run out onto the street. They see the, who they think is the gallery owner saying like, oh, Clayface ran that way. And he, he managed to just drop the painting he was trying to steal. And Batman and Robin believe him. And they run into a random direction. Just an empty alleyway. They don't find anyone. And then when they come back to the art museum, they find the gallery owner had actually been locked in a separate closet. And all of his clothes were gone because Clayface stole his clothes. Well, except for his undershirt. Yeah. Like any sensible man in in the 1960s, he was wearing an undershirt. He's wearing an undershirt and like heart boxers and he's got like the socks that go up. That's that's not in the comic. No, but that's that's the inference. (laughs) Uh, so Clayface only has enough power to... For all we know, he could be pantsless. They don't show the bottom half of it. They him. do not. Mm. <laughs> I should have mentioned, this episode's rated T for Teen. For the many innuendos. Uh, but anyway, so Clayface is losing his power. He only has enough power to change his face. Uh, so he realizes that his power is not permanent. He has to maybe go back to the pit. Uh, so I said he Lazarus pits to get his power back. Pretty much, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Batman, like, figures this out pretty easily because he realizes, like, oh, why didn't he just turn into a bird and fly away again? Yeah. And they're like, oh, he must have, like, had to stay in a human shape and the best he could do was make his face change. Mm, doing some detective work. Yeah, Love exactly. It. He does some more detective work. Yeah. Is it sad that every time Batman actually does detective work, I'm, like, surprised and pleased? Really? Yeah, because it just... I, I mean, this is detective comics. I know. He's just not... He just doesn't do a lot in the Silver Age. He's not... <laughs> He mostly solves his problems with punching. He does a lot of deducting. I think he does a lot of deducting. There's a lot of times in these comics where he's come to wild conclusions. Yeah. He's made, like, huge jumps in logic. Especially with Riddler. Yeah. That's just par for the course, I guess. He We, we cut back to Clayface, uh, and he has decided, once he gets his power back, he's going to hire some guys. Um, and the next panel, he's talking to his new crew of people, I said, looking like Grinchface. Oh, I thought he looks like a Ninja Turtle. Does he? Yeah, I think he looks like a Ninja Turtle. He looks like a cross between a frog, a Ninja Turtle, and the Grinch if he had an allergic reaction to, <laughs> like, if he got, like, stung by a... If he ate a bee. <laughs> he ate a bee. Yeah. Like one of those dogs that eats He bees looks really wild. Camping. But the reason why he's hiding his face is because he doesn't want the people who are working with him to know what he actually looks like. Yeah. Um, so they can't, like, rat him out. Mm-hmm. They go and they steal a statue for their very first caper. Uh, in Chinatown, it looks like. Yeah. Which, again, another mention of Gotham's Chinatown. Yeah. We, there was a, we had another one in the in the Penguin uh, comic. Must so, be bustling. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of uh, priceless art to steal there. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, he does leave behind some clay, which I initially was thought was like clay from his body. Like, maybe he's just, like, dripping clay, but it's not. No. Mm. Um, Batman inspects it back at the Batcave laboratory. 
Yeah, it's not Clayface that leaves it. It's one of the people who are working with him. Yeah. Um, Batman finds it's made up of Kaolinite, Mica, Quartz, and Tourmaline. Um, I recognize some of those words. <laughs> Kaolin clay is actually something that's in some cosmetics to like, it's very absorbent. Oh, So that's neat. how I knew what Kaolinite was. Or it's at least derived from it. Neat. Uh, Mica is like a shiny thing. You can use it to make like glitter. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they use child labor to mine it. So most people... Don't use it anymore. Uh, yeah, if you see something with mica in it, don't buy it because it might have been uh, <laughs> might have been harvested using child labor. Oh no! So that's Becca's sad fact corner. Oh no! <laughs> um, and then everyone knows what quartz is, and tourmaline's another like rock. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of these together create uh, something called china clay, which is only found at like deep excavations. So Batman's got a clue. Um, Obviously, so, the only place they would find it would be a construction site because there's no other place where they do deep excavation. Yeah. I guess. Or at least in the city. Maybe. Not in the city. They're not doing any archaeological digs. Yeah. <laughs> not finding any dinosaur bones. <clears throat> uh, so it leads the dynamic duo to one of Clayface's lackeys who they start tracing. His name is Joe Shank. Yes. <laughs> do you think he got that name by shanking people in prison? I don't know. I don't know. I hope not. Hey, Joe Shank. Get on over here with your shank. Um, so they catch up to them at the Natural History Museum. They do find them, uh, they, they find out, like, where he lives because of, uh, what is it, like, an electronic crime file, it says. Mm -hmm. So they have, like, a, a modern day police, um, database, but, but in the Batcave. Yeah, well, the Batcomputer. Yeah, yeah. So. Just saying, it's impressive. It is impressive, yeah. So they catch up with them. Clayface attacks. I like this part. They said he turns into a strange beast. It's a bull. It's a bull. I'm, I'm wondering. I had the same question. <laughs> they, they call it a strange beast, but he just turns into a bull. He just turns into a regular bull. Nothing weird about it. I'm wondering if like, um, if like Bill Finger just wrote that and he's like, oh, they'll come up with something. <laughs> you think he was like, ah, oh, the artist will figure it out. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, all right, sure. I don't know, a bull, I guess. <laughs> And it's weird because he gets very specific with the weird creatures he turns into later in the comic. Yeah. Uh, So uh, he charges up Batman and Robin, briefly stuns them, and then he turns into a tree to hide from Batman, who's like recovering from his knockout. Uh, But after Batman runs away, Robin is still there. Clayface thinks he's knocked out. He turns back from a tree into a clay monster and is like, ha ha, I got away. Robin's like, no, I saw you. Um, and he gives chase on our favorite method of transportation, a whirly bat! Return of the whirly bat! The return of the whirly bat! I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, I still want one. I love these things. Yeah. Is it pedal powered? I hope so. It looks like it's pedal powered. It doesn't, no, it has, um, I mean, well, it's got the thing up top. Yeah. I, Is it? I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. I want a roller coaster with whirly bat seats so bad. <laughs> I would love that. That would be so uncomfortable. For people who didn't listen to our, what was it, the penguin episode? That was penguin, yeah. Yeah, where they give chase on the whirly bats. It's uh, it's this like tiny helicopter thing. It's like a single person seat with a but helicopter it's just blade. you and the blades. Yeah, really. You're on like a, a half of a bike and some spinning blades above you. Yeah, it's with, just you with and... like a kind of a half half bat symbol in the back. Yeah, it's just you and God at that point. <laughs> I love it. Do these things have seatbelts? I, I can't see. Mm, Doesn't look no, like it. No, probably not. This was the 60s. <laughs> so Robin plays Santa, uh, slipping down the chimney. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does not make a smooth entrance. No, into he lands on his booty. Clayface's house. Um, Clayface then becomes, be ready for it, uh... A unicorn and lizard-headed lion-bodied creature with talons. It's a lion torso, mm-hmm. a dinosaur head, mm-hmm. uh, and feet. So dinosaur like hands and and feet, mm-hmm. and then he has a unicorn horn at the top. Yeah. Earlier, I feel like we saw a picture of this, and you called him a chimera. Yeah. But no, a chimera is like a very specific mixture. I thought a like, chimera was like any mixture of things. I don't think so. I think okay. it's specifically like... It's like a lion, a snake, and a bird or something? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Something like that. <clears throat> I'm not Greek. It's all uh, Greek to me. But I said moments like this make me happy for the challenges of an audio that an audio format brings. 
Yeah. I am so I'm so joyful to be describing what this thing looks like to you listeners. And I hope you'll look it up and see it. Yeah. But if not, I'm happy to tell you about this dinosaur unicorn. The dinocorn. A, well, it's a lion. A, a it's got dino, okay. a dino lion corn. We ha- we do have to get specific with this. It, uh-huh. it is it is standing on its hind legs. It has uh, talons for feet, like a like a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. But it's a lion torso, complete with like a tail and a mane. And then the front feet are also claws. And the head is that of. I mean, it's not even really a T Rex. It's Maybe what they thought T-Rexes looked like in the 60s before scientists, like, <laughs> did more research. Before scientists discovered they look like birds. It's that, like, goofy, doofy-looking T-Rex head mm-hmm. that you see in, like, older stuff. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then it's just, like, a unicorn horn on top. Are you ready? Okay. A linocorn. That trips off the tongue pretty well. Yeah, but it doesn't include the dino. Oh, oh, dino. Linocorn. Okay. Yeah. Sure. There yeah. You go. That's a good. That's a good name. Good job, Clayface. <laughs> uh, so they fight. Obviously, Robin fights him by hurling stuff just right in his path, and he gets it caught on his unicorn horn. Um, and then after they fight for a little bit, Robin's backed up into corner. Batman shows up to save the day. Throws he a big just throws a carpet on him. On him. Yeah. Oh, tapestry, it yeah. calls it. See, Batman, being a genius, knows that dinosaurs are actually derived, or they're, they're old, older ancestors to birds. So if you oh. do throw a blanket on a dinosaur, it will fall asleep. Yeah, it doesn't if know you, where it is. Yeah. If you ever go, travel back in time and find yourself in dinosaur times, throw a blanket on the dinosaur, because they are birds, and they will not, they'll just go to sleep. Where are you going to find a blanket in dinosaur times? Um, Let alone one big enough to put over a dinosaur. Okay. You're going to... Find like some hemp, which I just assume was like all over, <laughs> and then you're gonna weave it into a blanket. You know, just okay. bring a blanket with you. If you're gonna get in a time machine, bring a blanket. No, that's just <laughs> that's just common practice. Or oh, this isn't even mine. You could follow the uh, the Douglas Adams. Always bring a towel. Towels are very useful, and you should carry a towel everywhere. Okay. This is from Hitchhiker's Guide. There's a thing in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where they're like, bring a towel with you everywhere. It's just useful. What about a like a chamois? Yeah, you can bring a chamois. That works. That's not going to be really, really no, big. It's, it's small. That won't work on like the big dinosaurs. So I'm saying towel. Towel could cover a velociraptor, which is probably the most dangerous thing you'd encounter. Maybe. Like a T-Rex. Well, yeah, velocira- velociraptors travel in packs. Or is yeah. that just a Jurassic Park thing? Uh, unsure. Not a paleontologist. Uh, okay. <laughs> Nor am I a paleobotanist. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> that, well, this is a fun episode. We should record it this late at night every time. <laughs> uh, so Batman throws a blanket on him. He tuckers himself out. And then he realizes that he can't change like he wants to. Uh, the clock has struck 48 hours. That is the the time limit he has on his powers. I knew we were going to miss something. Yeah. So it says uh, before all of this, mm-hmm. uh, when he went back and renewed his powers, he said he was going to time it. So yeah. he was going to try and figure out how long it took him to change. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't planning on having a fight with Batman and Robin. He They ambushed him. I, it, honestly, though, I don't understand why he wouldn't like do it and then wait and figure it out. Figure out the length of time before pulling off his next caper. Greed. Yeah. Yeah. Such criminal's downfall. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yeah. He was already rich. He was. He had almost a million dollars. I know. Worth of money. Right? Crazy. Well, not a million dollars back then, but it would have been worth. It would have been worth. Yeah. The yeah. value and worth are different. Whatever. Sure. Um, so yeah, he just turns back into a dude and he goes to prison and he vows while he's in prison that one day he'll go back to that pool and prison will not work on him, as it doesn't work on anyone who lives in Gotham. <laughs> no criminal reformation here. Uh, there's also, in the original comic, there's a, uh, people are people. It's a it's like a racial equality thing, that, similar to the, um, the immigration one that we saw in the last comic that we reviewed, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty neat. It's about, like, the United Nations and how we all need to work together and how we all descend from, like, early humans. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, maybe this will be next week's Josh's Fact Corner, what's with all these, like, PSAs specifically related to the United Nations? Like, last mm. week it was the United Nations, like, it's official uh, refugee year. And the United yeah. Nations is encouraging you to be nice to your refugee neighbors. Yeah. I mean, I, Super, Superman says, don't be mean. Yeah, I can look into that. I can look into that. See what's what, like, made these happen in the comics. Yeah. 
so I wanted to get into the Rogue Roundup, and I have uh, I have quite a bit of info because, uh, like I said, there are a lot of clay faces. Um, obviously, we've already learned about Matt Hagen. We know his story, how he got his powers from the primordial soup, uh, what he's all about. Um, I wanted to take you back to 1940, which is the very first appearance of Clayface. In and this would have been what a year after Batman has started, because I think Batman's first appearance is 39, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the Murders of Clayface, which was a Golden Age comic uh, that introduced a character named Basil Carlo, who Kane, Bob Kane says he was inspired by Lon Chaney's portrayal of Phantom of the Opera, uh-huh. uh, which is a classic like horror portrayal, horror film. Um, and he was named after both Boris Karloff, who played um, Frankenstein, and Basil Rathbone, who maybe was in horror movies. I mostly know him for playing Sherlock Holmes, uh, but just like classic actors. Okay. Um, who like maybe had like some horror tie-ins. Uh, so brief synopsis of this uh, of this comic called The Murders of Clayface. Golden Age. Golden Age. Um, so the dynamic duo, duo are investigating these murders on a film set, and they discover the culprit is a clay mask wearing former actor who is furious at the cast and crew for remaking his classic horror film. Ooh. So in this one, and honestly, I understand, and I can't blame him because I can't think of a single horror remake that isn't a complete insult to the source material. <laughs> like, I think about all the horror, and I always go see them. And it's always like, I'm thinking Halloween, Carrie, uh... The remake of Psycho. Like, I can't think of a single... All those Universal remakes, or, or well, the one... I guess it was just The Mummy, right? Because The Mummy, like, mm. flopped, and then they said they weren't going to redo... They weren't going to do the other ones. Yeah. They were supposed to redo, like, The Swamp Thing and, and Frankenstein and all them, but they're not. Yeah. Can they're you think of... To. I know you're not really a big horror fan, but can I'm you think really of, like... I'm not a big horror fan, no. Like, any horror remakes? remakes that were, like, even remotely good? The Thing. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Well, they. Eh, well, John Carpenter's a genius. So. <laughs> he kind of and he went in like a different direction from like I would yeah. say the thing is. I've never seen the original The Thing. Okay. I feel like it's probably more sci-fi than horror. Mm-hmm. Although hmm, I don't know. I had a conversation with my father about this, and he thought it was a different movie or something because I told him like about the plot of John Carpenter's The Thing, and he was like, "No, it was a black and white movie. I don't remember it being about a, a something that like." Uh, changes into people yeah. and it's like well you might be thinking of a different movie <laughs> yeah were you talking about Among Us uh, yeah yeah I was <laughs> good game if you're listening to this in any year other than 2020 Among Us is a video game that is similar to John Carpenter's The Thing mm-hmm. uh, where you play as little no. astronauts you run around as a little bean and you try to do your tasks and then everyone gets together and calls you sus and then votes you votes to throw you out of the spacecraft even though you've done nothing wrong there's yeah you play as astronauts who are trying to get tasked on a spaceship but one of you is actually like a monster in disguise that kills people yeah uh, it's werewolf. It's mafia. Yeah, it's it's that it's, basic type of game. It's so fun, and it's pretty. it is. It's got it, it's reminiscent of um, the like flash games from the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. It's got that like little mini game fun stuff to do. There's like a memory match game and a game where you're supposed to like get something swiped through at a certain. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's interesting. It's fun, and and it's it's sort of social dynamic. Anyway, back to Basil Carlo. Sorry. Um, that's okay. So, yeah, he was the original Clayface in the 1940s. It's interesting about him. He doesn't actually change his face. He's just wearing, like, a mask that's Mm. made of clay. Uh, So, yeah. The next Clayface that we come across is uh, John Carlinger, who is also an actor and director. And he's, like, a direct continuation of this timeline uh, because he killed Basil Carlo in self-defense after he threw an event and didn't invite Carlo, and Carlo came to kill him, and he killed mm. him in self-defense. Uh, and what, he took the mask off of he, him? He took the mask, and then he, he, well, he decided to just, like, don his alter ego to kill some actors who were going to whistleblow about his tax evasion. Because he was an actor and director who also had a production company, and he'd been cooking the books. And he was going to get in trouble. This is like some really just some. Oh, and I also really like this. This comic. I might want to read this one as like just a fun like for back to the golden age because Batman does some real detective work in this where he he just he because obviously he's putting on the mask of Basil Carlo to make people think that 
like he's Basil Carlo and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, he leaves behind some makeup residue, which Batman is able to figure out the water solubility of. And he figures out it's a modern type of stage makeup, not grease paint like Carlo would have worn. So he knows it's not Basil Carlo. Oh, my goodness. Boom. Detective. And, and this is why the comics code was a terrible thing to happen to comics. Right? Oh, God. Because, like, the, the... Instead we get... It's only line of corn. We really only have thefts nowadays, like in in the silt. Well, nowadays I say the Silver Age that we're reading. Yeah, because you can't do murders because the Comics Code wouldn't let you. God. All right. <laughs> Last but not least, uh, we've got a lady. Do you remember I was complaining? Ooh. There's like hardly any female villains. We've been trying to come up with a list of like the villains we're going to do in the future. We wanted to do like a woman every couple of weeks, but we can't think of that many. Who are on the Silver It's hard to do. We might be able to. Um, so here's a woman, uh, Sandra Fuller, aka Lady Clayface. Uh, she actually willingly underwent an experiment that transformed her into a clay shape changer Ooh. because she hated her own face. So it's like a body issues story as well. Oh, um, interesting. She, Is she so she's the fourth because you? She was the fourth. Okay, okay, because mm-hmm. we've done the first two, and then the the one that we just read the comic of was. The third, and mm-hmm. she's the fourth. Mm-hmm. There was a fifth. I didn't do any research on him because I didn't want this podcast to go along forever. Um, Sandra Fuller does marry him, though. And there was maybe even a sixth. Uh, there's been a lot of clay faces. <laughs> but so, in saying that, um, she didn't do a ton of crimes, it seems, besides, which this is a pretty serious crime. She would do, like, identity fraud. She would, like, take on people's shape and, like, live their lives or, oh, like, goodness. pretend to be them. It doesn't necessarily... While they were still alive? Or yeah. Or did she, like, replace them? Yeah. Like, well, just, like, use their identities to just, like, live a different life. Um, But she soon grew tired of that. So she sought out Basil Carlo um, and gave him this great proposition that he should get together with... Who was now alive? Yeah. This is a slightly different continuity. Okay. This is is a different Earth, I think. Okay. Uh, So she sought out Basil Carlo... Um, but however, he was, he still wasn't a shape changer. He was just like an old actor. Okay. Okay. Um, sought out Basil Carlo to start a group called the Mud Pack, which is a, a team made up of clay faces. And there was like a whole story arc with the Mud Pack, which eventually turned into Basil Carlo, like absorbing their powers in order to become a shape changer. Like we know him from like the animated series. Oh, interesting. However, uh-huh. a couple of days ago when we were doing research on this, I was like, Who's Matt Hagen? I know Basil Carlo from Batman in the Animated Series, but I was wrong because the Clayface in Batman in the Animated Series is Matt Hagen with Basil Carlo's backstory, basically. Oh, His name's Matt Hagen, but he was an actor. Be, well, probably because uh, he's actually a shapeshifter, unlike Basil Carlo. Yeah. So he's he's this actor that gains the shapeshifting powers. Yeah. Feet of Clay is a really, really fantastic episode of Batman the Animated Series. I mean, series. almost every episode okay. of Batman the Animated Series is a great episode. But I, I really like his his backstory in that, in that he is like taking this drug to make him be able to shape, change his shape because he's an actor and he was in like this disfiguring accident and he still wants to work. Mm-hmm. I just makes me sad. Also, it, it introduced that story. Uh, introduced Daggett, Roland Daggett, mm-hmm. which is like a really good villain that they bring into the animated series. He's only seen a couple of times, but he's still uh, he's he's the main villain in uh, Appointment at Crime Alley. Yeah. Which is another great episode of the anime. They're series. all great. They're all great. There's a couple other portrayals of Clayface I wanted to briefly mention. Obviously, we've been watching the Harley Quinn show. It's getting better. Um, he's in that as one of the main characters, one of the main uh, people who joins Harley's crew. And I always really like his. He also takes on this like actor persona. So I don't think they ever say what his actual name is, but he's probably just you know a mixture of like Basil Carlo and and Matt Hagen as the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but he always his whole thing is he's always like the distraction. So he'll shapeshift into like a different person, but then he always gives them like this super super superfluous backstory because he just like he just cares so much. Yeah, and we just watched an episode that I. As somebody with a theater degree, I really loved because uh, they go to this party at the Legion of Doom and there's a security guard who's like there to help have them like check their weapons. And so like everybody's walking in and they've got like guns and knives and uh, he pulls out a copy of An Actor Prepares by uh, Konstantin Stanislavski, uh, who's the person behind method acting. And he's like, here's my weapon. And he's like, no, you can take that in. And he, was, he gets so offended. Yeah. And he's like, you don't understand the power this book has. And like, honestly, true. When 
I kill somebody because I act them to death, you'll be sorry. It's true. <laughs> He's maybe my second favorite character, close to becoming my first favorite character in the Harley Quinn show. Uh, Harley remains my least favorite character in the Harley Quinn show. So, <laughs> but I'm still watching it. Really? It's Harley and not uh, the, uh, what is his name? Dr. Psycho? No, he's all right. Okay. He's got a complicated thing going on. I don't know. I don't really notice him that much. Okay. Here's my favorite characters in order. Okay. Poison okay. Ivy. Ivy, Clayface, uh, King Shark. Um, Kite Man? Kite Man. <laughs> Psycho. Uh, Everybody else. Harley. Oh, Jason Alexander. Because <laughs> that one's anti-Semitic. Anyway. Uh, oh, and then I wanted you to talk about this because I did not really watch a lot of Batman Beyond. I asked you, like, any other iterations of Clayface? Is he in mm-hmm. Batman Beyond? Um, and you said there's a character named Ink in Batman Beyond who uh-huh. has many of Clayface's character traits. Um, they don't necessarily say that she's, like, a Clayface-ish person, but she does have a daughter named Deanna Clay. So, yeah, there you go. Um, so what I rem- I'm going to go completely off of memory. I didn't do any research on this before we started. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, um, sh- like her daughter plays a big part of her story and she is trying to, uh, be like, still be a good mother for her daughter or provide for her daughter, but she can't because she's this, this monster that's made out of, uh, ink, as the name implies. Uh, so she can't change her color like Clayface can, but she can slip through cracks and move fluidly like Clayface can. She's Alex Mack. <laughs> I love it. Uh, cool. Uh, okay, quick round of who would win. Okay. Uh, and this, the caveat is that I chose specific Clayfaces. Okay. So uh, Clayface versus Bane, Hagen, Clayface. Okay, okay. So Hagen, the one we just we just read, yeah, he's got forty eight hours worth of, yeah. of shape shifting. Yeah. Okay. Let's say let's say he found a pit and like Clayface was like, or Bane was like right there. Okay. So he's fresh out of the pit. Yeah. Okay. Um, he was molded by it. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clayface. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you. Uh, Bane can punch him as much as he wants, but Clayface is just going to reform. Mm-hmm. You can't get to Clayface kinetically. Yeah. You have to get to him some other way. Unless Bane has, like, a big fire hose to, to like, water him down or mm-hmm. something, he's not going to be able to... I'm not even sure that would work. He would just shapeshift into, like, a pool. Oh, that's true. He'd be like, you're feeding me. <laughs> uh, maybe it's a draw? I don't know. To wait. It seems like all Batman and Robin just had to wait him out. Like, 48 <laughs> hours, all right, time to attack, sure. They didn't know it was time to attack, I know, though. lucky break. Really, it was. Right? As with most things that happened in the Silver Age. Maybe, they just happened to be there, happened yeah, to be right on time. Exactly, a lot of happenstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I guess stalemate, if not uh, Clayface, I'll give like the slight margin. Okay. Um, Clayface versus Black Mask, Golden Age Basil Carlo. <laughs> Who is an old man, I will say. So he's an old man, and he's up against... I mean, Black Mask is is like a mob boss. Mm -hmm. So he he does have lackeys at his disposal, whereas Basil Carlo is is a lone... A lone ranger, a lone, a lone agent. But he's angry. He is angry. He's, he's angry. He's, he's fueled by his hatred. Yeah. Um, and if he pulls the Phantom of the Opera, he could like hide in the rafters or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think it, given time to prepare, Basil Carlo. Okay. Probably. An actor prepares. Yeah, an actor prepares. There you go. Um, okay, last one. Uh, Clayface versus Rachel Ghoul again. Hagen. They both have, and you know Ooh. what? They've been in their pits, but like not for a little while. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta give this one to Raish. Okay. Because I feel like Raish, because he's like a thousand years old or whatever. He's like, what is he? Six hundred. He's like yeah. six hundred years old. Um, he has an immense wealth of knowledge. So he might even know, like, what Hagen used to become Clayface mm-hmm. and might know how to counter it Ooh. or m- might know, like, where the pit is and he can gain the powers himself or something. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. <clears throat> All right. Well, moral of the story, we already said at the beginning, but maybe we can think of a different one. Um, first and foremost... Write a check. Write a check. Don't ever hand briefcases of money to people. No, there's no reason. Unless to. you're laundering that money. Yeah. If this work? is for a charity... <laughs> Stop it. I'm not going to explain checks or money laundering to you. Okay. If you want to learn how money Something laundering works. Something about a washing works, machine. <laughs> if you want to learn how money laundering works, I'm pretty sure Stuff You Should Know has a podcast episode. Don't. You're not allowed to shill for other podcasts on our podcast. What? That's against the law of podcasts. People have a lot of time on their hands. All right. Listen to our podcast first. Yeah. And then listen to Stuff it's You Should Know. It's one like 20 minute episode of another podcast. Is it really going to? Fine. Yes. <laughs> Listen to it between now and next Thursday when our next episode drops. <laughs> uh, moral of the story, just, you know, figure out how your powers work before Bef- yeah. before you start committing crimes. Yeah. I Like I said, this all could have been like, he could have had a lot more successful crime spree had he waited until he knew how long his powers lasted Mm -hmm. and then he could have timed it so that he was always like charged up and ready to go Mm -hmm. i like to imagine him like sitting in a room like as i don't know like a merman just kind of like looking at the clock (laughs) looking at his watch just kind of waiting continually shifting between centaur and uh dinosaur and giant spider yeah exactly and we're there too um this has been batmaids thank you so much for listening again this podcast is sponsored by my dad um our theme song was composed by ben dean you can find his stuff at tinyurl.com slash ben dean and our logo was uh created by savannah storm you can find her stuff at art.by.savvy s uh hope you guys have a great rest of your week and clay healthy you like stay healthy but clay if you want to tell Becca how terrible her jokes are, email us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. Have a good week. <laughs>